We are back for another edition of SJHL Insider. Another busy weekend ahead in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And as always, our episode of SJHL Insider is presented by our podcast sponsor, SGI, but also among uh, many great sponsors that help us put on our programming on SJHL, that being Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you all so much for your support as we put on these great shows each and every week. On today's program, we have, uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed, last time we tried to have Rob Hart on of the Flint Flon Bombers. Technically, it didn't work out. We think we've got the cobwebs all figured out, but uh, to be determined. Uh, but we're hoping to be joined by the voice of the Flin Flon Bombers, Rob Hart. We have a few games to recap and much, much more with the turn of the calendar into November as we bring in our co-host, Clark Monroe. Clark, how are we doing today? Doing great, Jeremy. Uh, looking forward to a big weekend. we got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, throughout the show here today. Should be a good one. Yeah, and finally a uh, rare Sunday game. But we'll get into that in a bit. And uh, we didn't have any games on Tuesday, but we did have a pair last night. Uh, but we can uh, get right into that in our first segment. Let's do it. Let's kick off the show with the hat trick. There it is. Love it. Every time. Uh, topic number one, we are going to look back at yesterday's games. There were two games on the docket. Jeremy and I were attending one of them. Uh, we had a blast there. So let's have a look at this one. Yeah, the Flint Flon Bombers picked up a 2-1 win over the Melfort Mustangs to win their fourth game in a row. Flint Flon, Flint Flon playing some really good hockey right now. And then the Notre Dame Hounds getting a 5-3 win over the Melville Millionaires to get back in the win column and inch closer to the 500 mark. Let's quickly start with the Flint Flon Melfort game. I think it was an important one, obviously, in the Sherwood division, but... Flynn Flon winning their fourth in a row. They continue to look very strong right now uh, in the Sherwood division. They now have a five-point lead, I do believe, on the LaRange Ice Wolves for the top spot in the Sherwood division. And, you know, we continue to say with the Malfort Mustangs, an up-and-down start to this season. And it's tough to get a kind of a read on them so far. Yeah, a little bit up-and-down, like you said. Uh, obviously, uh, a good goaltending matchup throughout that one. Only a 2-1 score. And I think, uh, I think it was the Bombers' Twitter account that tweeted out, a gritty win, or we grinded it out, or something along those lines. So uh, that's just how Flynn Flon... Flynn Flon's one of those teams, Jerry, I think we've talked about it before. They can win games a bunch of different ways. Uh, they have a great blue line. They've, they have great goaltending. They can score uh, on any given night. So uh, they're just showing that they can continue to do that throughout the season. Yeah, good teams Good teams find a way to win, and that's what the Flynn Flon Bombers do. I mean, uh, they're off to a great start this season, 12-3, 1-1, and uh, hopefully we can chat with Rob Hart about that, about uh, their great start to the season and some of the great performances they've had. And, of course, uh, you alluded to it last night. We were uh, at the Duncan McNeil Arena for the Notre Dame Hounds against the Melville Millionaires. Of course, this was the second meeting of the season between the two teams. Last time they met was at the SJHL Showcase where the Melville Millionaires uh, picked up a 4-3 win. But last night, it was the Hounds uh, getting a little bit of revenge, winning 5-3. I guess when you look back at uh, last night's game, what did, what did you think of the game? So, I, first of all, the thing that jumps out right away is Notre Dame almost doubled Melville in shots. 41-21 to 21 was the final count. 
uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, Kelton Pine got peppered, and he, you know, uh, uh, despite giving up some goals there, especially in the second period, uh, Notre Dame came on strong. Uh, he had a pretty good outing, uh, you know, kind of carrying his team through some tough, tough stretches where Notre Dame had them hemmed in their end for quite a bit. Uh, Melville came on strong. They got the first two goals of the game, and then I, I, you were up in the booth with uh, Mr. Jamie Neugebauer in the second period. Uh, they got that one goal, and I felt that that kind of just sparked the team, and they took off from there, uh, and they ended up scoring four goals in that second period. I guess from your perspective up in the booth during that second period, what, what clicked? I would say, you know what, I mean, I, I thought through the first period, uh, Notre Dame was outplaying Melville. Uh, Melville, they had one really high-quality scoring opportunity in the first period, and they took advantage of it, and they had a one nothing lead, and, and Notre Dame kept, like you mentioned, kind of kept peppering uh, Kelton Pine, and they finally broke through on the power play, and it, it seemed like that was just what they needed confidence-wise, and as a result, uh, after that goal, they really carried the play in the in the second period and I think I think it was a, a bit of a heartbreaker I think for Melville allowing that uh, fourth goal with five seconds left uh, that always takes the wind out of your sails uh, a lot of coaches will always say don't allow a team to score in the first minute and the last minute and you know that was one where I think with all the momentum coming I'm sure Melville would have liked to have gotten out of that period just down by one mm -hmm. but that that last goal in the in the second period kind of deflated them a bit but they had a strong third Melville had a strong third. They got back to within one, but um, it was too much. And now as a result, uh, the Notre Dame Hounds picking up a big win. And you know what? It, I would argue, and this may, maybe this is a hot take, but I... <sighs> Buckle up. You know, I, I've seen a lot of games so far this uh, year live. And of course, the, a lot of the rest on hockey TV. But I would say through the first month and a half, the one team that, in my opinion, has improved the most from the start of the season to now is the Notre Dame Hounds. Absolutely. I think they are uh, now they're starting to hit their stride. They're getting some solid goaltending. I think uh, their blue line looks rock solid. I think we were talking about the big, that at the beginning of the season. The strength is in their blue line. And mm -hmm. now they're getting some contributions up front from uh, other players not named Will Dawson. And Will Dawson had a had a bit of a goalless streak that Jamie was telling us about going into uh, last night's game. But he breaks that slide, gets two goals last night, uh, the, uh, the fourth goal, and then the empty netter. And now it seems like the Hounds have kind of turned the corner and they're playing a lot better hockey. Yeah, well, I guess you mentioned it. Antoine Saint-Ange got a goal last night. Uh, uh, Cypress Smith-Davis, one of the coolest names in the league. Cypress. Great name. Uh, he got a goal, and and Jamie Nugbauer was telling me on the on the broadcast last night. Uh, you know, those are the bottom six guys, and they're putting right. in goals. They're they're helping out. Um, and you know, it's it's weird because you mentioned they've been improved lately, and it kind of coincides with them getting Carson Bayless via trade. Uh, since he's gotten there, he's been scoring goals, and he he's kind of sparked that lineup a little mm -hmm. bit, balanced it out maybe a little bit more, and uh, they they looked really strong last night. I will say one shout out. Uh, keep an eye on the highlight of the week this week because I think it's coming from this game. I don't know if you want to get into it, but that, uh, yeah, it was an impressive night uh, in that regard. So we'll, we'll tease you. It's called a teaser in the industry, but uh, I think it was a fun night. I had a, I had a great time. It was a very entertaining hockey game, uh, to say the least. And a lot of times, you know what, this year in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, there's been a lot of entertaining games, uh, and that just comes down to uh, the parity in the league. But uh, let's move on to our second point. Topic number two is going to be 
The first edition of Players of the Month for the SJHL was announced this week, earlier this week. Uh, that includes the MVP, the goalie, the defenseman, and the rookie, of course, as we do every week. But this time, it's of the month. And Jeremy, do you want to break that down? Well, I mean, the SGU MVP of the month, I think, was it was a unanimous decision. I think it was an easy one for uh, the crew deciding, and that's uh, Holden Dole of the Balfords North Stars. I mean, you have nine goals, 11 assists in, in 10 games. You average two points uh, per game. I mean, he's been on that top line for the uh, for the Balfour North Stars with uh, Bell and South and they continue to impress and produce. And we talked about it on SJHL Weekly. Uh, one of, if not the best line in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, they continue to produce. And Holden Dole's a big part of uh, of the Balfour North Star success so far this season. Uh, Sastel Goalie of the Month is Harmon Laser Hume. And he had a really solid month for the Flin Flon Bombers. A 2.36 goals against average, a 9.22 save percentage, mix in two shutouts. And I mean, you talk about an amazing addition for Mike Reagan and company and the Flin Flon Bombers. I'm going to talk to Rob Hart about it. But uh, I mean, they go out and get Harmon uh, prior to the start of the season. And he is fit like a glove in that lineup for Flin Flon. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was one of those trades at the beginning of the season that not a whole lot of people were like, yep, that's a game changer. That's a, sure. that's going to set them over the mm -hmm. top. But all he's done since the start of the season is give them a chance to win every single night. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, like you said, two shutouts this last month. He's putting the team on their, on his back a couple of nights as well. So uh, great performance by him. And you know what we always say about goalies, you know, they usually have a good team in front of them and Flin Flon overall has been playing great to help them out as well. And they they play very well defensively and that leads into defenseman of the month, that being Reese Richmond of the Flin Flon Bombers. He had a goal and nine assists. He really anchors that blue line for Flin Flon and now that they have the addition of also of Alex Von Sprecken, which they acquired from the Estevan Bruins, you know, they have a very good back end up there in Flin Flon and uh, Mike Reagan does such a good job of uh, their coaching staff and their team. They play such a good system as well up in Flin Flon, so that helps uh, defensively as well. And then finally, uh, Direct West Rookie of the Month was, you know, there hasn't been many positives so far this year yet in Yorkton, just especially in the last uh, couple of weeks with, um, you know, there's currently on a six-game losing streak. But one player that's really stepped up and, and is actually tied for points for them is Dylan Ruptash, and he had seven goals and three assists in ten games for uh, the Yorkton Terriers this past past month. And like I mentioned, he's tied in uh, team scoring as a rookie. And, you know, that that says something when, you know, Matt Hare and company obviously trust him. And, and he's had a great start to the season so far. But there's also yeah. been other players that, you know what, I'll, I'll say just to quickly before we go into the final topic, um, Riley Ash easily could have been the direct West rookie of the month. Uh, Josh Kotake easily could have been Sastel goalie of the month. Uh, Tynan Ewart, Alex Blanchard easily could have been defenseman of the month. There's a lot of there was a lot of discussion uh, when it comes to players of the month, as there always is, especially with players of the week. Uh, but uh, there was definitely a lot of players deserving of players of the month. And we'll see who the players of the month are next month. Yeah. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really great month and a really fun discussion talking about that. Uh, let's get into topic number three here, the hat trick, which of course we're going to have a take. We're going to take a look at the leading scores across the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Uh, there has been some changes since the last time we spoke about this, Jer. Uh, and as we look at the top there, it starts at the top. Zach Kane from Melville, we saw him last night. He now leads the way. 
Yeah, he does lead the way with 12 goals and 15 assists. He's been on a tear for the last two weeks uh, in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Uh, I mean, he was uh, named SGU Player of the Week. But one of the things you kind of notice, obviously, I, I mean, when you look at this, we've talked about how successful Battleford has been this season. They have four players now in the um, top 10 when it comes to scoring. Flynn has two players in there. But then you see some diversity, obviously, with Zach Kane and Noah Wills. They're leading the charge for the Melville Millionaires. And then, of course... It's interesting, at number nine, you see Maguire Ratzlaff of the Nipwin Hawks. Yes, he's down in ninth when it comes to points, but he also has the most goals right now in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, so he's putting the puck in the back of the net. I also want to mention briefly, before we take this stat board down, there's actually three players tied with 19 points, and the other two being Walker, Jerome, and Riley Morgan of the LaRange Ice Wolf. So I guess what stands out for you on this board, Clark? I think the the meteoric rise of Zach Kane. I think last time we talked about the stat leaders, I think Zach Kane was uh, he was in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. But I want to say he was like down around six or seven, and he's been he's been really stepping it up uh, mm -hmm. for Melville lately. Him, I mean, and Noah Wills, who's also in this list. Yes, um, the two of them. We saw them last night. Like I said, dynamic duo for that team. Uh, and you know, Melville's put together a few wins in the last little while and, and Zach Kane is a big reason. I mean, uh, he's been putting the puck in the net and helping others get it in the net as well. So, uh, I, that stands out to me as that meteoric rise of Zach Kane. Yeah. And you know what? There's uh there's a lot of talented players in the, in the Saskatchewan junior hockey league, and we're going to see a lot of movement when it comes to, uh, the top 10 scores in the SJHL, but it had been a couple of weeks since the last time that we had uh, taken a look at the top 10 scores. And as you can see, we've definitely seen some movement. All right. Without further ado, it is time to bring on our guest. He is the legendary voice of the Flynn Flon Bombers, Mr. Rob Hart. We, it looks like we've got it figured out, the technology figured out. Rob, how's it going today? Good. Can you hear me over there? I can hear you just fine. How's it going? Perfect. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today because I know you were in Melfort last night and you probably got in super late last night. First and foremost, I guess, how was last night's game? Well, you know, it was a 6 a.m. Uh, return to Flynn Flon. We made it through the freezing rain, the uh, the snow and everything else. But uh, great hockey game between two Sherwood Division rivals and uh, the Flynn Flon Bombers uh, found a way to get it done again. And, you know, you're talking about Harmon Laser Hume earlier on. Uh, boy, this guy was fantastic, especially late, as I'm sure you're aware, that Cole Dupro received that five-minute major penalty. It came with just six minutes remaining in the game. Flynn Flon hanging on to a 2-1 lead. And actually just had a goal disallowed before that. Looked like they're going to jump up three one, but they ruled goaltender interference against Trombley, so that gave, that goal was uh, was uh, basically uh, ruled off. And then they got the uh, major penalty to Dupro, and you know Laser Hume stood on his head. It looked calm, and Bunfont picked up their twelfth uh, win of the year for sure. Before we get to Harmon, because I want to talk about him, let's talk about the start of the season. You just kind of alluded to it. Bombers now twelve three one and one on the year. They're near the top of the standings in the SJHL. What have you made of their start, and what has been a big reason to contribute to their success? Well, I think there's a few different things. I mean, Laser Hume obviously has been very good. They didn't know what they were going to do after Cal Shell, of course, graduated. Just had just a historic year, set the uh, new franchise record for shutouts, and was basically got them within a goal of winning the Centennial Cup by last spring. That was a big hole to fill. But you know, Flynn's playing some good defensive hockey. And Mike Reagan mentioned on our uh, post-game report last night, might be the best defensive team he's had. They play a really good style in front of him. I mean, they're not scoring a ton. They're scoring more than they were. But defensively, it's just been a good collective unit. And obviously, Laser Hume with his numbers, a 
goals against a 1.98 and a save percentage of 935 doesn't hurt either. But just defensively, and they don't take a lot of penalties. They're the right. least penalized team in the league. It was a tough one against uh, Cole Dupro last night. Very uncharacteristic for a five-minute major penalty for him. But And before that, there was only like three minor penalties in the entire game. So Flint right. Fawn doesn't take a lot of penalties. They don't hurt themselves. And uh, just they're really, really good defensively. So it's interesting you brought up the scoring because I remember at the beginning of the year, uh, I talked to you in Nipawin uh, at the the Hawks home opener, and, and you had mentioned to me yeah. that you were uh, wondering where the goals were going to come from. But it seems like the offense has kind of turned around, and the big reason why, I think, is the spark of Jacob Vockler coming back uh, to the Flin Flon Bombers lineup. Maybe just talk about the impact he's made uh, for the Bombers since his return. Well, it's incredible. And you and I touched on this when I talked to you yesterday about or whatever it was a couple of days ago. You know, he's basically a point a game since he's been back. But even last night, he doesn't register a point, but he might have been the best forward on the ice. He's got the puck. He just creates so much. He's just dynamite hands. He, he can skate. He seems to read the ice really well. Just the total package. And I know that all the players are really excited to have him back. Ethan Ansi, I was talking to uh, yesterday, and we were mentioning just how things have turned around since he seems to have arrived back on the scene. But it's just what he does. He's just so creative. And even when he's not scoring, he, he has the puck a lot. Right. For sure. And another player that uh, the Bombers acquired, obviously, we know how, uh, you know, Mike Reagan is active when it comes to improving his team. But uh, acquiring Alex Von Sprecken from the Estevan Bruins, yeah. obviously, you guys saw him uh, last year in the Centennial Cup. But to acquire a 20-year-old defenseman like him to come into your lineup, how has he impacted the Bombers defensively since uh, making the trip from Estevan to Flin Flon? Well, you know, this guy, it's funny. He's, of course, a homegrown Estevan kid and played right. uh, with the Bruins, but he almost seems like he fits the perfect mold of a Bomber. He's just so physical. He just uh, he feeds off the energy of the crowd, and his teammates absolutely love this guy. He is just a machine, uh, just the way that he, he prepares and goes about things. And... Uh, like I said, it's almost a perfect fit. It's great to have him in Flin Flon. And, of course, he got a good look at what the Bombers were all about with that Centennial Cup run last year. Of course, the league final, the great crowds in Flin Flon. I know he told me that uh, he fell in love with the place, and he, he's really happy to be playing uh, up north. I want to quickly ask you just about last year's league f league's finals. You know, Rob, you've been in uh, around the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for quite some time. What was the atmosphere like, and how could you potentially compare that to other atmospheres that you've been a part of uh, in your time in the league? Well, you know, it's interesting because they went down two games to none against North Battleford. Or really, I mean, Battleford's good this year, but they were good last year too. Right. And I thought I remember saying this to somebody. You know, go back to Whitney Form for Game Three. I thought, you know what, because it, it just seemed like. Uh, Fun Fun had lost a lot of games. I think they'd lost like nine of their last 11 going in the playoffs. Just didn't really seem to have a lot of mojo going. And I honestly thought there'd be four or 500 people there for game three. Boy, was I wrong. There was, uh, I think, about 16 or 1,700. The place was electric. You know, Fun Fun fell down early in that game, but the crowd just really sparked them. And they never really looked back after that point. They won game three, went on to win the next four, actually. And then, of course, upset Humboldt and then got into the finals against Estevan. But that game three crowd, reminded me of what Flin Flon was like in the 90s with some of the big runs that they had then and maybe even the early 2000s around the Royal Bank Cup time. But the crowd was incredible, and it was really a big factor for these guys that really got where they – one of the big reasons why they are able to get that as far as they did. I'll ask you this as the voice of the Bombers, but when it comes to the experience from last year, obviously getting to the league finals – heartbreaking loss in Game 7, and then playing in the Centennial Cup. For all those returning players, how valuable is that experience for this year? 
Well, I think it's pretty valuable because uh, Ethan Ansey again told me yesterday when when the season was all said and done, Mike Reagan said to his group, you know, you can either go out to, and, and, and as champions or, or go out with your with your heads down because of the, the, the disappointing way it ended. I mean, they accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't expected to get near as far as they did, but they had a lot of heart. And I think the one thing, they had such strong leadership last year. Zach Smith is one of the best captains I've ever experienced with this team. He taught these guys a lot. They learned a lot from him. And some of the other veterans, of course, we talked about Cal Shell, And, you know, they brought in Gabriel Shipper, a, a big uh, American kid last year who had some tremendous success. Those guys were more than just talented players. They were such good leaders. And I really think the guy, Jaden Mercy in particular, coming back this year, a lot of those guys really absorbed what it was like to get to that final. For sure. Um, I guess now, you know, Rob, like I mentioned, you've been around the SJHL for for quite some time. When, when you look at this season, though, the first month and a half, what stands out to you so far this year? Just uh, the commodity of the guys. I mean, I thought it was really strong last year. It seems like it's they got a really tight locker room. These guys really, really uh, enjoy being around each other, and they just seem to find ways to get it done. And, and, and this team is built very similar to last year. They don't have to depend on, like, two or three guys to do scoring. I know that they do have a couple guys right. in the top ten, but you, you take a look at their lineup. I think they've got seven or eight guys in double figures and goals now. Like, they don't have to depend on one or two guys to score. They're happy when somebody else scores. It's just real strong uh, leadership group again, and I just think it's a really tight group, and uh, – they, they play very well as a team. For sure. Okay, here's a final question for you, Rob. And it's not Bombers related. It'll be more league related. But, you know, you've seen a lot of games already so far this season. You've seen a number of teams. Has there been any surprises through the first month and a half of the season from your perspective or anything that's uh, really jumped out at you that's been a, a little surprising? Well, you know what? I actually will agree with the topic. I think Notre Dame is better than I thought. I mean, they beat Flynn Fawn on that Southern Road Swing, and Flynn Fawn really had to fight to beat them here at, at home. They're they're a better team than I thought they were going to be. They lost, obviously, some really good players from mm-hmm. last year, too. They, they, they've they been a good surprise. I think they're stronger than what I was expecting. And, I mean, North Battleford, again, I mean, I knew they were going to be good. Did I know that they'd be <laughs> without a regulation loss going into November? I don't know if I could have predicted that. And maybe Humboldt losing both Perkins and McGrath this year. Maybe, I mean, I know they're going to be a good program. They always are, but those two teams, I think, have got even a little bit of expectation, but they're certainly the top two teams in the league, and uh, deservedly so. But a couple of things that have kind of caught my attention early on. For sure. Has has there, you know, have you seen a team in, in your time in the league, you know, go 17 games without a regulation loss off the top of your head? Not that I could, not that I could think of. I know that Nippon back in the early 2000s, I think, ended the season with five or six regulation losses. Wow. So maybe they might have did it. But this is really something special going on, and they're so good everywhere, whether it's their goaltender, Cote. Uh, they got all kinds of scoring. Oh, boy, they're, uh, I haven't seen them yet. Blenfong goes there for a pair of games here, the 18th and 19th. I've got them circled on the calendar. That should be two big games, of Perfect. course, for the first meeting since, since the playoff, of course, uh, matchup this past so it's to end to wrap up the three game road trip suit too so i'm looking forward to those two games i want to see north battleford uh, i knew they were going to be good but wow well, what a year they're having it tough to win in the sk show the parody second to none as you know and 
boy, they're making a nice run here to start. And the number one team in the country. They're, yes, they are. But you know what? And the Flin Flon Bombers, you got uh, – the Bombers are right there with the North Stars near the top of the standings. And it's going to make for a, a great rest of the regular season, like you mentioned, with all the parity and all the top teams in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Well, Rob, thanks so much for taking some time. I know you're a very busy man, but we really appreciate your time and you're always welcome on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thank you very much. It was great talking to you again, Jeremy. And, uh, boy, it's uh, always great to talk hockey, isn't it? Especially it, in the SJHL. It sure is, for sure. Thanks so much, Rob, and we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, th thanks again for having me on the show today. That is the play-by-play -play voice of the Flin Flon Bombers, Rob Hart. I mean, we could talk to Rob all day. We could easily talk to Rob all day about uh, his time in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And, um, you know, personally, I just want to say, like, Rob, uh, when I first started in the league 10 years ago, was uh, one of the first broadcasters I met. And he was uh, so welcoming, uh, was so helpful, and um, so knowledgeable about the SJHL. And um, I know I talked to him when I was up in Flin Flon, and I said to him, I was like, ah, I don't mean to make you feel old, but do you remember 10 years ago, me and you up here in this booth together? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Uh, that's enough. not a slight to you. No, it's think. not a slight to me. And I'm like, that's fair. I'm like, that's fair. Yeah. But uh, I always appreciate that. And, and I mean, appreciate him making the time to chat on. And, and we'll definitely, I, I stand by. I think we mentioned it uh, the last time he was supposed to come on and we had the technical difficulties. I would love for him to just come on, just bring him on for a special and just talk about his time in the SJHL. And maybe, maybe that'll just be its own feature in itself. Yeah, I hope so. Tales... From the heart. Well, he meant, yeah. Jeez, oh, that's perfect. Tra trademark that. Perfect. TM. He's not just TM. a pretty face, you guys. Um, but even like just him just mentioning, you know, those 90s bombers runs. Unreal. I want to hear about the 90s bombers exactly. runs now. Let's, let's get them back. We didn't even touch on, we didn't even touch on the, the environment that is the Whitney Forum or anything like that. And yeah. I just know I wanted to keep it to around 10 minutes. He's a very busy guy. Um, you know, when you're, he's, he's, when I think Flynn Flon, I think Rob Hart. He's right there. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's right there. Yeah, and I think right Mike Reagan. I mean, yeah, <laughs> those are the two people I think of when yeah. I think about Flynn Flon. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Obviously we just talked to him, talked to him about, uh, Flynn Flon coming off that, uh, big win last night over the Melford Mustangs. And now guess what? They've got a week off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't play until next Thursday when they play host to the Yorkton Terriers for a pair of games. So it doesn't hurt. I, 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 hopefully Rob gets some time off. Yeah. Some well-deserved time off. Yeah. And, um, but with that being said, um, we have a kind of a busy week. It's busy in the, uh, in the quantity sense, like in terms of games every night type deal. I, yeah, it's, it's, we've seen a lot this year, the schedule wise, we've seen like five games on Friday and then five games on Saturday. So 10 games total. Uh, this this next stretch of days we have nine games, but they're spread out, so right. it's not you're not having a five game day. Yeah, but uh, the rinks are going to be busy all weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, three teams playing threes and uh, three and three, <laughs> but one team just gets to stay at home. So <laughs> let's start with tonight, Thursday night, uh, big one down in Estevan as the Humboldt Broncos take on the Estevan Bruins. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. It's the first meeting between these two clubs since the SJHL Showcase. And Clark, do you remember what happened at the SJHL Showcase between these two teams? If I'm not mistaken, did Humboldt not 
beat up on Estevan? Or am I getting that backed no, up? You're wrong. I'm you're mistaken. I'm mistaken. <laughs> I am mistaken. No, uh, this was the game that Estevan had a 4-3 lead oh, with a yeah. minute and a half left. Humboldt tied it. And then right. with under a minute left, they scored the game-winning goal. They scored two goals in the span of 45 seconds or so. Yes. I could be wrong on the timing, but it was two goals in the final minute and a half to go from losing 4-3 to now winning 5-4 in regulation. So a bit of a heartbreaker for Estevan. So they'll be looking to get a little bit of revenge on the Humboldt Broncos. But Absolutely. then Friday will be uh, much busier. we got four games on tap. Uh, the battle for North Stars kicking off 3-3 three and three as they visit the Estevan Bruins, a big Sherwood division matchup between the Laurent Ice Wolves and the Nippon Hawks. The Wavern Red Wings will play host to the Humboldt Broncos, and then the Yorkton Terriers will head to Wilcox to take on the Notre Dame Hounds, looking to try and snap their six game losing skid and they'll definitely want some revenge after the last time those two teams played they had a 4-2 lead going into the third period and they ended up losing 6-5 on Saturday just three games on the schedule Humboldt will wrap up their three and three as they go back to Estevan to take on the Bruins the Hawks will head to Melville for a meeting with the Millionaires Melville looking uh, to snap their three game losing streak and then uh, Battlefords will continue their trip in Weyburn to take on the Red Wings and then a rare Sunday game Clark yes we were talking about was Sunday that last afternoon was that last week we were talking about Sunday games Reeves last week or the week before yeah it was recent yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well we got a Sunday game as the Notre Dame Hounds will play host uh, to the Battleford North Stars note the start time 4.30 in the afternoon at the Duncan McNeil Arena. Uh, for you, when you look at those full four days of games, mm -hmm. what stands out? Two things for me. Sure. Uh, first off, we always talk about uh, teams going on road trips where they play three games in three nights. Right. It's rare that you see a home team get three games in three Very nights. Very rare. So Estevan gets back to back to back home games. And I know that uh, our good buddy Nick Saragello on Twitter the other day was joking that Estevan hadn't had a home game in a while. And now, hey, better get better buckle up, <laughs> Estevan, because you got three coming this weekend. Uh, and it, see, here's the thing. It was only two and a half. Like, it was two and a half weeks. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It yeah. just probably felt like that yeah, long. Yeah, it felt Because like they that played long. so many road games during yeah, that time. I get it. But there. in the grand scheme of things, it was only two and a half weeks. But I don't know, like, if I've ever seen a time where you've had three straight home games. So that, that stands Super out rare. to me. Yeah. Super rare. Definitely. Uh, stands out to me and then the second thing that Sunday game I'm actually really curious about that Sunday game we just saw Notre Dame in person mm -hmm. uh, and they they looked strong and Battlefords is going to be coming off a back-to-back -back on that one yeah. and it's a afternoon game nonetheless yeah so they'll they'll be not only on the road but dealing with an afternoon game on a back-to-back -back. so I'll, I'm curious maybe maybe Notre Dame you know if, if they can if they can come out with that effort we saw from last night where they you know they peppered the goalie and shots and they hemmed Melville in their end right. if they can bring that effort is this going to be a game where maybe we see an upset over Battlefords? Well, the, I mentioned this on the broadcast with Jamie last night. It's always interesting when you go to the Duncan McNeil Arena and you see a team play there for the first time mm -hmm. that season and sure. how they are able to adjust. Because uh, for the fans that don't know, the Duncan McNeil Arena is the only rink in Saskatchewan that is Olympic-sized ice. And it does make a difference. Oh, yeah. It's it's different for the goalies. It's different for the players. I mean, you mentioned it to me during the first intermission last night when we were talking uh, about the first period and and Melville's power play. Mm -hmm. Their first power play of the game, it looked it wasn't it didn't look sharp. 
Yeah. And I think it was because of that extra space out on the ice and they didn't, they were too spaced out. Right. Right. And, and, and the thing that happens when you get too spaced out is the passes you're normally making that are, you know, controlled, mm -hmm. maybe not the quickest mm -hmm. passes. It takes a little extra second or so to get to the player. Right. And then all of a sudden everything just kind of breaks down or it gives the other team, a.k.a. Notre Dame, a chance to react as the penalty killers. Right. Uh, and they can they can set up their system a little bit better. So you have to you have to change your game plan going into Notre Dame mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. And now that Notre Dame is getting some more home games, we talked about this as well, right. they're practicing there, but playing games there and getting used to their yep. game systems uh, a little bit more at home, you talked about a lot, it's, it's, it's almost like a little home ice advantage. Oh, it, uh, it, it's not is. almost, it is, yeah. It is. So the more they play at home, the more they get comfortable with their systems on their ice, uh, the stronger they'll get as well. Uh, and so that we're getting to that point now where they're getting closer and closer to 10 games at home, uh, whereas everyone else has pretty much already gotten there. So uh, let's watch out for Notre Dame. But before they obviously have that game on Sunday against Battleford, they take on Yorkton on Friday. Yeah. And you know Yorkton is going to be wanting to snap that losing streak, especially after I think you've had a week off now, almost, yeah, about a week off now, since that loss to the Hounds last week where they had a 4-2 lead going into the third period. And they kind of let that one slip away. You know they'll be coming out pretty energized trying to, A, snap that losing skid, but probably going back to the same rink where they suffered that tough loss, they'll probably be uh, wanting to uh, put their best foot forward on the ice on Friday. Yeah, and also, like, it's going to be interesting to see. We've seen Dylan Ruptash win a couple of individual mm -hmm. league awards lately. Like, is he going to want to come out and prove that or, you know, maybe try to get some of his other teammates involved as, as well in those awards? Uh, we've seen Caleb Allen have really great stretches early on in the season. Uh, will he regain that form as well? Uh, so, you know, I think Yorkton's a really interesting team to watch over the next little while. Of course, we we touched on it. There's three teams playing three games in three nights. Uh, we touched on Estevan playing three home games, which, like you mentioned, I don't know if I've, I ever, know seen if I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that in um, in junior hockey, whether it be lots of times on the road. Oh, on the just road, 100. percent That just happens. Not, yeah, yeah, at home, it's very rare. But uh, Battlefords. And Humboldt, obviously playing three and three. You know, these are right now the top two teams in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I think um, the interesting thing, I think, when it comes to these two teams playing uh, three and three on the road is we haven't had to see Battleford play much on the road this year. Um, they pretty much spent the whole month of October at home. Right. Uh, other than their final uh, game of the month which was in Humboldt, which was that 3-2 overtime loss, which obviously, like, it was a great hockey game. It could have gone either way between the two teams, but I think Humboldt uh, was definitely deserving of that win. But I kind of want to see... I want to pay attention to Battleford this weekend because mm. I want to see how they perform, you know, away from the friendly confines of the ACC and see how they perform in in Estevan, Weyburn, and then, like you mentioned, playing 3-3 three and three and playing in, in Notre Dame because I feel like that last game in Wilcox is going to be very difficult, especially like you mentioned, playing your third game in as many days, and then you're going onto a bigger ice surface. Yeah. Battleford skates well, but they, after playing two games uh, the two days prior, it should be interesting to see how they match up on that trip. And, and the depth, I think, is going to be important. We 100%. talked about both those teams you mentioned, Battleford's yeah. and Humboldt. Mm -hmm. Their depth has been huge for them all year long. It doesn't always have to be 
the same line all night, even though that Southgate, Bell, and Dole line has been so good. Yep. It doesn't have to be them every night. Nope. Uh, so that'll be tested over these next three days, uh, but Humboldt as well. So I, I agree. Like It's going to be a good test uh, for, for us fans to kind of check them out on the road in a really adverse situation, three and three. Uh, they'll every player will be you know, will have to step up throughout that stretch. Yeah, and the good news is I think for Humboldt and and Battlefords and these three games and three night trips is realistically they're not that far away communities. You know, uh, Estevan to Weyburn's only about forty minutes. Weyburn yeah. to Wilcox is only about thirty five. So it's nothing too crazy travel wise. Once you've gotten kind of uh, you've made that initial trip, so traveling each day is not going to be uh, too crazy for either of those teams uh what about Larange and Nipwin I think you know Nipwin's coming off they they snapped their losing streak on Saturday with a shootout win over uh the Weyburn Red Wings and the Larange Ice Wolves obviously they're coming off of four out of a possible six points last week uh they're playing a rare road game during this stretch where they're playing 10 out of 11 at home it's the lone road game for them until uh pretty much the end of the month of November and they're looking to try and you know kind of stay close to Flin Flon because they're right now the one team that's kind of within striking distance within Flin Flon in the Sherwood division. Yeah, same amount of games played between those two teams. Five points difference. Uh, and we talked about LaRange a little bit when we talked about those top players. They got guys kind of creeping on the edge of the top ten there in Walker Jerome mm -hmm. and Riley Morgan. And the, they've had so many guys step up throughout the year. They've had the goaltending. Uh, we talk about Dawson Smith a lot. Uh, Topher Chirico's won awards this year. Uh, they've had the goaltending this year. They've had a defenseman of the week just mm -hmm. recently uh, in Connor Abrick. So, like, they've had some of those big performances uh, across the team. Uh, so that's I, – I've always really appreciated how LaRange has kind of put their season together. Right. And with Nipawin, like you said um, – it's going to be important for this team to, you know, take advantage of that home, uh, home ice uh, that while they can at the cage, uh, and you know they need they need to uh, put a couple wins together as well because they don't want to fall too much farther back in that division either. Right, and they just have the one game on the schedule this weekend, and then of course we. I think the interesting thing is with um, the two Highway 39 rivals, Estevan and Weyburn. You know, you have. Uh, home games that you want to take advantage of and get points of and, and especially in that Viterra division right now where mm -hmm. I think it's still kind of right up the grab up for grabs for anybody right now uh despite even Yorkton losing you know six straight you know this division's really up for grabs right now Estevan's obviously in the lead right now with a 10 and 10 record but you know this this club's also played the most games in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League they're going to tack on three more this weekend but for those two teams Estevan and Weber and you're taking on both Humboldt and Battlefords. I mean, how valuable is it going to be if they can get some points this weekend against two of the top teams in the SJHL? Well, they need it. And you said York, you mentioned Yorkton. Like, they, they have five games in hand on Estevan. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Uh, five games. Is despite the six-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's not out of the realm of, you know, being crazy to talk about because Yorkton still has lots of games in hand and they're going to make them up. And, you know, if they can turn a corner, you know, they're going to be right back in the mix in that division. And it's, I think it's four teams as well that haven't been able to put a solid stretch together yet. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, Estevan won seven straight. This, uh, sorry. <laughs> My apologies to Estevan. Yes, yeah. they did go through that yeah. really great stretch. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they have a 500 record. And the, uh, the other teams are, you know, just under having around 400 uh, in terms of that. So sure. uh, I'd agree with the other three teams. Goal, I mean, uh, yeah. Sure. There you go. That's what I'm kind of. Was, yeah. yeah. The goal differentials, probably not where any of those teams want them to be in yeah, terms of plus minus. Yeah. They're all in the negative. So what that leads to is exactly what you said. 
It's up in the air. Uh, mm-hmm. the long ways to go, and every win for these teams, every game matters, uh, especially for Yorkton right now. Again, they have to make up some ground games played-wise. Uh, if they can put together, out of that five games in hand, three right. or four wins, all of a sudden they're right back in there. I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Viterra and the Sherwood with those divisions being really up for grab for all four teams. But now we've seen a little bit of separation in the Sherwood division by both Flin Flon and uh, even LaRange kind of sneaking away just a little bit. But the Viterra division still, it's its crazy to think about that we're a month and a half in the season. And really, when you look at it, it's up for grab for anybody. And, and really, if a t- one team can put together one of those solid stretches and take advantage of those games, especially against the it'll make the divisional games even more important. Um, you know, they can kind of separate themselves, but really so far a month and a half into this season, we really haven't seen much separation in that division. Yeah. And I don't know if there's been some maybe missed opportunities by some of those teams. Cause remember too, Yorkton, like they started off really good. Like they, they were four. What and were they? They were four and to start the season. Six and two at one point as six well. And th- six and three. three at one point. So, uh, I mean, before the the, the losing streak, or they're currently on where they were six and three for sure. Um, but yeah, if you know, we could see a good week here, mm-hmm. a good week there, and it, that's all it takes. A good week. Maybe you play three games, maybe you play four games, and you get, you know, eight or nine points from those games. That's that can make a huge difference, and then maybe it sparks a run, like you said. Right. Exactly. Well, we were talking about it on SHO Weekly. Is it's it's crazy with that congestion in the standings right now in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, from about five to 12 is if a team goes on a hot streak and plays really well for two weeks, you could see yourself go up, you know, five or six spots in the standings easily. However, you know, on the flip side of that, you can see the exact opposite, which we've kind of seen with Yorkton, unfortunately for them is they've lost six straight. And as a result, they've gone from being near the middle at the top of the middle of the pack yeah. to now being near the bottom of the SJHL standings. Yeah. So it's crazy with this parity in the league right now that you can get on a hot streak like that. The other thing that stands out to me, Clark, when it comes to that Viterra division is we haven't seen too we've seen a bit, but not nothing crazy, but not we haven't seen too many divisional matchups between those those teams. Right. I mean, obviously, Estevan, Estevan played Yorkton twice at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Weyburn, did, Weyburn and Estevan had played uh, a few times. They played three times. Uh, Melville and Yorkton twice or so. But those divisional matchups, when it, the division is this tight, are just going to mean so much more. And those are going to be the dates I think these teams circle on their calendar. Well, I mean, anytime you go down the stretch, I mean, what are we at? We're at 20 games taught, like... 15 to 20 games. I guess Kindersley's only played 14, but what is that now? Like over a third, a third of the way-ish yep. for for Estevan, I guess. But, you know, a quarter to a third of the way into the season already. And with so many divisional matchups probably left on the schedule, right. I'll have to do the research to mm-hmm. see the exact number for each team. But those turn into, you know, those those three to four point nights. Uh, you know, it's the two points here and not giving the other team two points that just makes such a huge difference 100%. in the standings. And especially if we're going to see those in the last, let's say, month or two of the season. Oh, man, it's going to be a fun finish. Well, those are four point games. Exactly. Right? Those are four point games. Yeah. So the divisional matchups are going to mean uh, even much more, obviously, in the Viterra division. Um, you did allude to uh, <laughs> Kindersley. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I, I just want to say up to, <laughs> you know what? Proud, proud Kindersley Clipper alumni here. Yeah. But Clip, I just want to say, I just want to say, um, 
a very interesting schedule this year. Yeah. Um, we talked about earlier on in the year, they had an 11 day stretch off. Now they're having another 13 day off stretch, which is, uh, I don't know. We talked about seeing a home team play three and three. I don't know if I've ever seen a team get this many, like big stretches like that off. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, especially when, I mean, the record, you know, four, seven, no, and three, right. it's tough to get anything like the rhythm. So I would think just to build off that. Um, because I was talking actually to Rob Hart about this yeah. a couple of days, or actually yesterday, um, on his broadcast. Um, the interesting thing is with Kindersley is they have, in their last three games, they've gotten five out of six <laughs> points. Yeah. They've gotten yeah. five out of six points. So you're looking to try and build some momentum, but then you have an 11-day stretch, or more than that now, 13-day stretch. Now, the last time Kindersley had um, that stretch off... After the stretch, they went up to Flin Flon and played two games, and they got shut out back-to-back games for nothing. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to respond after this lengthy stretch mm-hmm. off. Yeah, uh, because they're going to go on the road again next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, also to a very difficult place to play, that being the Mel Hagelin Uniplex in Laurent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, and, and the thing about it too is like, it's not like this was like a randomly generated schedule too. Like, they they have these governor meetings in the summer where they make their own schedules, and I, right. I'm curious what went into it. I mean, maybe it was just a fluke. It might have just been a fluke. It could be. Uh, but sure. you know, Ken Plaquin, maybe he wanted more games down the stretch and wanted to get on a heater going into the playoffs or sure. something. I mean, I don't know. I maybe we can talk to Ken sometime and and see if it was strategy, if it was coincidence, if it was a fluke. I'd I'd love to hear. Well, about the it. other thing too is it easily could also be rink availability. Rink, well, sure, but I mean, usually if then it, you can play road games. If you yeah. get kicked out, that's you go argument. on a road trip yeah, or something. Fair. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to talk to Ken about it. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have to. We'll have to ask Ken about it for sure. Yeah. But you know, I'm actually really once they return to play next week, I'm going to be interested because you, you mentioned they've only played what 14 games. 14. Yeah. 14 games. 14. Um, they're going to have some games in hand to make up. They're in a very. Uh, you know, being in the same division as Balford and uh, Humboldt, luckily for, you know, teams like Kindersley and Notre Dame, you know, the division structure doesn't matter as much nowadays. So, but they can make up those games in hand and they can also get back right in the playoff race because quite frankly, like they were playing those last three games, they were playing some really good hockey. And it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to take to the ice to yeah. kind of build off that in the last uh i, I think you know, we stretch. talked about it too they have made a couple of acquisitions over the sure. last i, don't, I mean I, f- I feel like over their last few games but if, which stretches over a long period of time uh but they have they have added some guys and uh, those guys made immediate impacts if i'm not mistaken scoring a goal here i'm pretty sure was it cox i think scored a goal in his first game with the clippers if i'm not mistaken no uh was, there were i'm pretty sure it he, was in his first game back to the lineup first, thank you Yes. Um, that's what I, yeah. So anyways, like they, they have added some, some guys and I want to see them in the lineup. Let's get, let's get going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're getting, uh, contributions from everybody up and down their lineup, which is good. And then obviously they got a good goaltending, uh, tandem with Falk and Jamin in between the pipes. So, yeah. uh, Kindersley it's who's all got the weekend off Kindersley, Flynn Flon and Melfort. I do believe all have, uh, the weekend off. So no games. Uh, in those communities, but uh, like we mentioned, nine games in total this uh, from tonight, Thursday, uh, all the way till Sunday afternoon. So lots of great hockey to check out uh, at your local rink. If you cannot make it to your local rink to check out any of these games, you can, of course, catch all the games on Hockey TV. Uh, 
get your subscription now. I do believe it's only uh, $29.99 a month, and you get ac um, access to all the junior hockey games across uh, the country, but you can tune in to all the SJHL action. It's great. I love it. You can just – I watch usually watch two or three games at a time. Yeah. You can flip back and forth. Got act, you know, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a good thing I live yeah. by myself because I don't think I'd be able to watch two or three games. Yeah, um, I have know, to at a time. I if, usually, if, uh, you know, when the kids are watching something else, right. I usually have my phone. I'm just kind of like looking down at the phone, watching the SJHL mm -hmm. games on my phone. But good uh, life advice. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, just hide the phone when and, and no, nobody oh. nobody cares. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, be sure to get your subscription on my uh, to Hockey TV. I almost said uh, my Hockey. TV. I, I got it into your head. I'm well, sorry about that. That's what it used to be. Yeah, but it's Hockey TV now. Yeah. Uh, if you cannot. Uh, catch the games on Hockey TV. We'll have you covered with all the highlights uh, on social media. Uh, there they are. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is free to do so, and that's where we have our shows, both SJHL Weekly, SJHL Insider, all of our features, all of our highlights, uh, all our partnership videos, and uh, soon to be much more. As uh, my road trips and travels are coming to a close tomorrow night. <sighs> Relief or, or sadness? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was I trying mean, to say. Like a, I I'd say both. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long month and a half of traveling, but it's been great to get out to the rinks and see everybody from all the different teams and all the 12 teams. And uh, everybody has been so welcoming. And, uh, you know... That's that's going to be the I think it'd be a lot easier if I had some company on these uh, road trips, to be honest with you, not doing these uh, seven to eight hour drives by myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you, you probably miss some of those northern rinks. Hey. Yeah. You know what? I when you know, going back a ways, used to work for the SVM Bruins uh, and used to go on all the road trips with the team and uh, getting into those rinks. And like you said, just kind of seeing everybody and and meeting some people, saying hi to some people. Sure. Usually you talk to people online. You, mm -hmm. you never see them face to face. And then right. you run into them there. And uh, I, I one day soon, maybe this season, we'll get up to a game up in the northern half of the province uh, before too long. But uh, those rinks, they all have something super cool about yep. them, too, which is all, 100%. all of all of the rinks do. 100%. But just in general, the northern rinks, they, they all have some really cool features. And it's fun to go to those places. And that's why we've, uh, or myself, I guess, I've been making the SJHL yeah. road trip videos on uh, social media. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback about them. But one last stop, and that's tomorrow night. I will be in Weyburn to see uh, the Weyburn Red Wings uh, take on the Bal or the humble Broncos, rather. I got the two teams mixed up. They're there the other the another time. <laughs> I know, this, well, Saturday. It's a busy I, got, I got the games mixed up. I know. It's, it's, it's either Battleford or Humble. I yeah. got them mixed up. Uh, of course, uh, all of our episodes of SJHL Insider and SJHL Weekly, which we airs on Monday, wouldn't be possible without our great sponsors. Our podcast sponsor for our audio version is SGI. Thank you so much for all your support. But a lot of great sponsors go into helping produce uh, our shows and helping us be able to, uh, you know, put on our shows to the degree and to the level that we want them to be. And that being Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for all your support. We really, really do appreciate it because we love talking about this league. We love covering this league. And it wouldn't be possible to put on these great shows without all the sponsors' support. 
Lots of great hockey to check out this weekend, so be sure to get out to your local rinks. Nine games on the schedule, and you can find all the information on scheduling at sjhl.ca. For Clark Monroe, my name's Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great episode of SJHL Insiders. Enjoy the games, everyone. 